Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas that you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. We're exclusively now part of the SU Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kent Ingle, president of Southeastern University, and always excited to introduce our co-host for today's show, Sylvia Blackman-Roberts, who serves as our Associate Vice President for Community Relations, as well as Dr. Kenneth Stevens, who currently serves as an Associate Professor here at Southeastern University. It's an honor to always have you on the show, so welcome today. Well, thank thank you. you. Thank you, Dr. Engel. Well, it's uh, today's episode, you know, it's exciting to discuss the uh, incredible impact of African-American leaders in our country and uh, for a nation uh, continuing to deal with racial um, in- injustice. This month, of course, provides us great opportunity to celebrate the many uh, black Americans who have shaped our history. And in our conversation today, I, I want our audience to hear all about you know, your insight, your perspectives on black leaders that have had a tremendous impact on on our nation have helped shape this particular community, because I know it's powerful and I know Mm -hmm. it's strong. And especially when you hear story after story after story, (laughs) that makes all the difference. Um, As we begin, I want to I want to lay the groundwork for everything we're going to discuss for our listeners who know we celebrate Black History Month as a society, but maybe don't know the details of why we celebrate. Can you talk about uh, can you talk to us about the importance of Black History Month and what it's all about? Who wants to go first? Well, I'll start. All right. Um, Black History Month um, actually started as Black History um, uh, Week by Carter G. Woodson. And the reason for that was simply that um, Mr. Woodson, who was an advocate, he, he um, in the community, realized that history itself was reflective of just a few significant, that's as much as you can put into books, that's as much but even with that, African-American or black history was completely being um, omitted. And therefore, as American history was being told, that significant contribution from black Americans were not being included and in the roles that they played. And so in order to uh, change that, he went to Washington, D.C. and advocated for this Black History Week, which we now know as uh, Black History Month. So that's why Black History um, Month exists. Uh, It is not to segregate, but it is certainly to be more inclusive and to help level that playing field of all that history that has been left out of the books. Here's an opportunity to put it in the forefront and to intentionally talk about the contributions as it relates to American history in general. Yeah. And, And I believe, was it Gerald Ford? Uh, the one who actually made it um, uh, uh, the national month that we celebrate. I think, I, I mean, I think that was. Yes, yeah, I, I didn't know for sure. I, I didn't know for sure which president. I think it I was think Gerald it was Ford. Ford. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Sylvia, I know you and your family were an in, integral part of, of the civil rights movements. Um, what did it mean to you when we did establish this month and its meaning? Well, all, pretty much all of my life, uh, Black History Month has been a part of my being, my growing. But I think uh, growing up in a household with a civil rights advocate, my mother, Black history was always relevant and ever present for us. I tell people all the time, I'm one of the few people who can probably say they met Martin Luther King. Even though I was very small, I was just a child, and and uh, but I can still remember those significant moments. I 
I can still remember those black Americans doing the civil rights movement that were pushing uh, for social justice, for racial justice, for all of those things. And so for me, uh, when I look at Black History Month, it brings back that remembrance. It brings back that uh, uh, it allows to me reflect and to remember, but it also allows me uh, to be so proud of, of, like you said, all the the uh, black leaders over the over the years over the country that said to me, you know, they validated me, they encouraged me through their actions, they allowed me to see greatness and know that I could be part of that uh, that that history in the making. So that's that's kind of um, black history for me. Yeah. What about you, Dr. Stevens? Well, for me, Dr. Engel, it's it's important to me um, for the for the the, the mere reason of, um, and I heard Sylvia often said this. She said nobody tells um, our story better than we do. So it's it's about telling our story. And you know, I graduated in 1981 from from Bartow Senior High, and I can recall just out of my one, one through first through twelfth, uh, the only class I had that that um, talked about black history or, or what we did as, as black people was it, called, it was a class called ethnic studies and I just sort of happened to stumble stumble in that class so it is it is it is important because it is it's important that you know people um, hear about the contributions that that have been made by you know people of people of color so that's that's why it's so important to me. Yeah, I, I, I so appreciate the perspective of, of history that people don't know, mm-hmm. because history is so uh, important for people to be able to shape their future. Yes. Um, and, and so what are, what are some of the moments of black history that many people still don't know or understand even today? That we've got to make sure they grasp and, 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 and it gets a hold of them so we can make the kinds of changes that we have to make in this nation. You know, I think in terms of that, when you say that, I think about one of my mother's friends, and it's Fannie Lou Hamer. Uh, Miss Fannie Lou, as we called her, was a a uh, civil rights advocate from Mississippi who went to the Chicago Democratic Convention and insisted that African Americans be included uh, in that process. And in doing that, she changed the landscape of of, of politics from that standpoint of of contributors um, and being able to have a voice in in that process. So that's a person that that I think of. Um, I think of of known and unknown um, individuals uh, as we talk about black history and the significance of that. Certainly, I think about Barack Obama, and I know a lot of these may sound like just a political faces because there's it's so, the story is so deeper and grander and the depth of it is so much greater. But I think in modern day, I think about um, Barack Obama and even when he was running for president and being out and hearing young people for the first time see the presidency as a visual office that they could aspire for and truly believe that they could achieve it. So I look at that when when there are those firsts that that allows a visual for particularly for young people to say it's possible. Those those things are possible. I and, and even now focusing on Black history, 
I think of Kamala Harris just in terms of as a woman and becoming the VP. I mean, that's a first for right. any woman. So allowing women have started moving into significant leadership roles. And again, putting politics aside, it sends a visual picture of the possibility of what you can do with your persistence, with your education, with the the things that, that each of these significant people have done in order to become that first. But on the other side of it, I continue to say, um, just as Kamala Harris said, was I may be the first, but I know I won't be the last. Yeah. And I think that's the bigger part of the story is I won't be the last because that means that more women will come forward in powerful positions and leadership positions that contribute to that uh, aspect of it into the history of, yeah. of as we continue to write these history books and pick out those significant pieces because again a history book can't include everything so they look at some of the historical events and so with that uh, I tend to focus more on the women but um, but there is just so many great leaders uh, yeah. that has come through these years of of, of just contributing to our history. And I, I understand you know our vice president. I do know our vice president. Now, let me let me get it straight to people. She will not take my call if I call today. <laughs> I don't have her personal sale number anymore. Uh, so that is, it is not a relationship that... Uh, um, that that I can act upon at this given moment, maybe further down the road. Uh, but that's even more encouraging when you actually know you've been in the room with that person, you've yes. spoken to that person, you know that know that person from a certain perspective. And um, and I tell you, it's so encouraging. You go home and and you just see so many possibilities. Right. I mean, and things that I, my granddaughter can say. Grandma, I see you on that picture with her, you know. So it makes it even more real and more tangible, just because I got a chance to 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 uh, rub elbows for a little yeah, while. That's that's wonderful. You know, throughout history, uh, there have been many individuals who've made their mark on the world, um, and more specifically, there are black individuals who have paved the way. Uh, for change in in our nation, some of these heroes are known, uh, but some push change from from behind the scenes. Um, Dr. Stevens, in, in in your opinion, who are the significant names in Black history that probably all of us should in America should know more about, or you know, the stories that we should we should know significantly. And there, there, the two that come to mind, and I'm biased um, <laughs> because they are they are fraternity brothers of mine, and that is Dr. Martin Luther King yes. and Thurgood Marshall. Um, it, they, they, their stories oh, are so, the stories are so significant. Um, you know, without and and I put them in, and uh, I put Thurgood Marshall first, and then Dr. King second, and I put Thurgood Marshall first because, you know, without him and the Brown versus Board of Education. I don't. I don't get. I don't get the quality of education that that you know that I was. I was you know deserve and was born to. And then for Dr. King, Dr. King, I you know when, when I look at Dr. King, Dr. King was about um, opportunities, not about handouts. And, and and just just level the playing field. Give me the opportunity and and let me take it from there. So the education and the opportunity. So that's 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 what and and the look 
look for there's there's just so much history about the two the two of them that I think um, you know people look at um, Thurgood Marshall and they they see Brown versus Board of Education but start go back and look at the history of what he what he did as as an activist activist and then as a, as a lawyer so yeah no you know in in the past several decades we've had um, many significant firsts um, and you just you know mentioned uh, first black president a few moments ago uh, President Obama and of course vice president now first for, fortune 500 CEOs VPs on Wall mm -hmm. Street so many other people uh, who have broken through glass ceilings this past decade uh, so why is it so important to our future to have black individuals in these kinds of leadership roles that they haven't been before and you kind of touched on it a little bit but but a little bit more why is it so valuable to us because it it, it gives you a visual of the possibility uh, you talking about the first thing I, I think about um, just recently Rosalind Brewer who's now going to be over Walgreens another sorority sister we have to keep talking about that mm -hmm. uh, someone that I um, I do not know as well but uh, in terms of that when I see that when I hear that it just continue to encourage I hope it encourages younger people the way I was encouraged during my days when I first came along. I first just starts opening the door. It gives us that visual to hang on to. And we know it's a possibility. I mean, that's as simple as I can put it, is that first allows that visual that I can point to and I can say, you see, she did it, he did it. You can do it too. And, and, and it is believable because we keep talking about it, but it never happens. After a while, you go, is that a possibility? Right. Honestly, when um, President Obama became president, I had no idea I would see a black president in my lifetime. Mm, yeah. I know my mother did not know she mm -hmm. would see a black president in her, in, 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 in her lifetime. And honestly, when that happened, it seemed surreal in, in the beginning, because here was a couple uh, that looks just like they could be my brother and sister. Yeah. And their children could be my nieces. And so it's a different mindset. It's a different processing when you go, hey, she could be my sister. Or that person could be, whereas before you may say it uh, and desire it. But you don't think that person could be sitting in your living room yeah. or be a part of that. And I just think, again, it's good and motivation for the soul. Yes. Same, same question yeah. to you, Dr. And, and I want to piggyback on what, what Sylvia said. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big sports fan, so I'm, I'm, I'm glowing over here right now because I'm a Buccaneers yeah. fan. As you, <laughs> big day. Yeah. Big day. But, you know, it, it's, it's so important. Um, and I was I was stationed at Fort Carson, Colorado, when Doug Williams, if you remember yes. the Super Bowl, African American, yeah. you yeah. know. But we we knew the the stigma that uh, for a long time that um, they would not um, put put um, blacks or African Americans at at the quarterback position. Didn't think we had the smarts enough, or just wasn't. And here you are, you have Doug Williams, and I and I say that to 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 back up a minute, um, Ken Riley. Uh, was a was a member of our church. Uh, just passed um, some some months ago, um, but he was a member of our church. Played with the Cincinnati Bengals. But when he came out of FAMU, he was a he was a quarterback. But because and, and I mm -hmm. personal stories with him, know him very personally. He said so. They draft when he got drafted. He got drafted as a, a defensive back, one of the best defensive backs. Mm -hmm. Should be in the Hall of Fame. But uh, and and he even told the story how he just did not think that we were smart. And so you had 
you know, African-Americans watching uh, these sports figures, and here it is, Doug Williams, and he and he played against John Elway. I was there. I watched the game, and and for him to win the Super Bowl, and 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 now let's fast forward to 2021. We got Patrick Mahomes. Yes. I mean, we got Deshaun Watson. Right. He just broke that mold. So, like Sylvia said, it's it's letting these young people go. You know what? I I can I can I can do that. And not only that, we look at general managers now, and we look at you know uh, even owners of, of these franchises. So mm -hmm. it's important that they see those first. So when we right. have those first, it, it's it, it it lets them know that if they they've done it, I can also do it. Yeah. And you know, let me piggyback on that because I watched Super Bowl all day yesterday, so I was watching like pre everything. But they actually did a documentary on the first uh, African. American um, quarterback and exactly his story and they said the reason you don't know him very well because even though he was drafted and he played for one year and I can't remember the team he was then transferred to another position mm -hmm. and that and and I think it's important sometimes you tell those stories so people have the historical context so well why weren't they why right. did people think that uh, African American was not as smart smart enough to call plays to figure out strategy to do those things and I think when the whole story get told then people start understanding some of the challenges or that mm -hmm. African Americans went through in order to get to the place that they are now and how nowadays people see uh, a black quarterback they're barely saying they anything it, about right. it. Now we're focusing on uh, the leadership in terms of coaches mm -hmm. or sure. mm -hmm. those type of things. You move it to another place to say, well, okay, if we can handle this, we can, we can handle that. And certainly we've had black coaches before. But I think that's across any industry, the corporate corporate America, higher education. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're looking for people to, to, to uh, navigate those pathways. So again, uh, those barriers are broken yeah. down in a yeah. new uh, reflection of possibilities and acceptance is, yeah. is then become part of the yeah. of the future. Yeah, and speaking of Super Bowls, you know, our one of our guests at our forum coming up uh, next month, Tony Dungy, first first black coach oh, to yes. win a, yes. a Super Bowl. Yes, and uh, and had the chance to interview him for wow. for the forum. It's going to be a great yes. great uh, interview. But again, yeah, just it, the the historical uh, of having uh, a black uh, leader step into these mm -hmm. roles uh -huh. just so significant. Um, and, and and you look at um, you look at the Bucks coach. Coaching staff. I mean, yes. all I, I of them. Was gonna <laughs> I, 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 I thought Ken was going to definitely bring that up. I thought he was going to get that But it is. It is. When you look at, at you're right, Dr. Ingle, you look at the, the coaching staff and all the uh, the, the, the D-line coach and all of those. And not only that, though, and then the women, the women trainers. Did yes. You know they had right. Two, so it is, it is a very diverse. And, and Bruce Arias, the only reason he, he, he agreed to the job was because of who was who was there. So I, I love I love that. You have four. That's that's history there. It is. Four it really is. All the uh, uh, black coaches uh, there that that supported areas and he hey it, it is amazing but then I, I love the fact the two females the one strength and conditioning coach and I forget the other what, what her title is but you know he, he had those dynamics right. so. and then right. even even last night when we talk I know we're talking black history but look at the the female um, referee that was out yes, on the field that's right first time and, and she called the play and I, I gave her a prop for it because I was like wait a minute I, <laughs> yeah she called the play it was in our favor. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes, well, let absolutely. Me, let me ask you this: How can uh, how can people um, 
separate the politics mm. of some of these leaders from the importance and significance of their contributions to breaking through, you know, glass ceilings like that? How, how can they do that? Because that has to happen yes, in so. many ways. You know, and and that's tough um, because a lot of times the politics or even the biases, uh, they They've been there for a long period of time. So I think in terms of breaking out, I think you have to take a conscious approach to say, I'm really going to assess myself in terms of why I see somebody different or why I'm not accepting or where is that coming from? And I think that's the work that we each have to do. That's why, uh, Dr. Ingle, I love that on our diversity, inclusion and equity committee, we have it centered on a human dignity statement. Yes, We have it cornerstone there it is it is the solid foundation in which we move forward with all of our activities with our action and certainly always remembering that it is within the Christ-centered uh, uh, context of who we are and I think those are the kind of things that intentional aspect of it where it starts removing some of those layers mm -hmm. and instead we start seeing people for their possibility and that's work each one of us have to do yes. i mean i i i know that i may have a bias that that I may even see or it may jump out there and I have to consciously think about it and go, well, you are, you, you made an assumption uh, based off of somebody's name or based upon their, their race or based upon. And even though if I didn't say it outside, out loud, it may be processing in my brains that which then disenfranchise you or marginalize you or don't give you the opportunity that it requires. So I think the homework has to start with us. I would love um to say the easy answer is, and it really is, but I was told by my mother, the easiest thing to do sometimes become the hardest thing to do. And if we just all went and and say, we're going to love our fellow brothers and sisters in an equal way, we're going to see them all through a Christ-centered eyeball, that all sounds well, but that requires work for most of us yes. to get there. So I think if we, if, 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 what we're doing here at SEU is part of the change where you start helping people to develop. You start helping people uh, to look at what you've been doing, how you've been doing it, and look for ways to improve upon it. And yes, understand it so that you don't think that pro-me mean anti-you. Mm -hmm. I think that that starts letting down some of the barriers and the understanding and educational piece help people get to a place to say, you know what, I think I, I, think I might want to jump on this. I might want to um, uh, listen and find out, am I contributing to any ism? Am I contributing to any challenge that may keep someone from being, as we say here, achieving their divine purpose. Yeah. I think we had, and, and Sylvia hit the nail on the head, Dr. Inga, it, it, we have to have a, a, a central theme that that we all strive for. And, and I'll use Southeastern as a, as a model. Here it is. You know, our theme is, you know, we are, we are Christ-centered. We are a Christ-centered university. So as Christians, and we know we have, we have Republicans and Democrats and independent on this campus, whether it's faculty, staff, 
or students, but our central theme is like the center of this table is Christ-centered. So our, our, even though we have our politics, we know in order to get to where we need to be, where we are, uh, where we can be cordial and, and, and have discussions, we have to keep our eyes on the prize, which is being, which is, which is Christ. And, and, and as Sylvia said, when we keep Christ in the center of that all, all of those other isms and all those other things, it, being Christians, it, it helps us not only to recognize, you know, those those things and, and a lot of those things that are, you know, that, that, that are part of the sin nature, but it helps us to recognize those things and try to work better toward, you know, us, that, 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 that central theme of being, let's um, simply say, loving each other and being respectful for each other and recognizing the things that may be hurtful to, to one person or to another person. So, and I think as long as we keep everything centered around Around Christ, we we are we're able to we're able to do that, uh, and, and like I said, we can use the model here at, at SEU as as a model for that. Yeah, and that's why I'm so grateful that um, we created the Human Dignity Statement, mm -hmm. uh, because bottom line, every life is valued. Mm -hmm. They are significant. Why? They're created in the image of God. Amen. Yes, and and that's what we celebrate and and should focus as we are Christ centered in everything that we do. Let me ask you this question. What advice would you give organizations who really want to increase the diversity of their leadership uh, in this way? I think, again, it goes back to being intentional. Um, but it also means that I may have to get out of my comfort zone. Um, as a black woman, I may be most comfortable around other black women. And so, therefore, when I'm selecting leadership, I figure if they look like me and sound like me and to some extent have some characteristics such as me, well, that might be the best person for, 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 for the job. That's what I can automatically conclude to. But if I'm really intentional about it, I'm going to look at everything in terms of who can help advance that position and where do we have missing pieces so that we have a more inclusive uh, voices at the table so that what our outcomes look like are um, it's just a greater product I'll say it, it is it just have more depth to it rather than we all sounded alike we all act alike and so therefore when we gave suggestions they all sound mm -hmm pretty much the same. When someone come into the room and they have a different perspective for you, it requires you to work a little bit harder right. to try to understand them, to see where they're coming from. And you may conclude at the end, oh, I'm totally on a different page for that. But that's why you want them in the room so that all all the positive, the negatives, the strengths, the weaknesses, the swat of it would be, um, it, it just would be a better outcome uh, regard, than if we would have just had me and all black women sitting in the room uh, trying to figure out something, especially when we're serving a demographics that don't look like that. When the demographics are reflective of our community of our of our country, so that that's what I would say. We just have to get it. We we have to make it intentional, and we have to sometimes come out of our comfort zone. Yeah, and we have, and, and I agree um, with Sylvia. What Sylvia said, Dr. Ingle, um, if we look at how this country was built and 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 look at um, how we became, you know. Uh, the, the number one superpower in the world is because of the diversity that and 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 some intentional and, and unintentional. Um, when I when I think about it, I, I think about the space shuttle Challenger, you know, um, and group think. We have to get outside group group think because it it is what can um, 
it, it, unfortunately, is what can destroy us if we don't. Because when you have all the same people that are, you know, thinking the same, and then won't, and no one uh, comes in from the outside with any different views, then we can only see. We have tunnel vision. But think about all the wealth of, of knowledge and experience and things that uh, you know African Americans, Asian women, and all of those bring to the table. And, and again, we could go back to uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and look at the dynamics of what was made up there. Um, just a vast uh, array of, of, of different people and cultures, and and think and and look what look what happened out of out of that. So I think that's that's what it is: is being purposeful, like uh, Sylvia said, um, and getting away from to, you know group thinking and, and and really really being open to listen to though. Don't just uh, again, I, I love I love Sylvia's analogy. Don't just you know invite me to the dance or to the table, but listen to my voice or ask me yeah. to dance. So yeah, no, it it requires a. A powerful relational framework yeah. mm -hmm. where we literally take time to listen, mm. to learn, yes. to discover, uh, to clarify. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so that we can align vision that uh, <laughs> makes, this, Love it. makes this work. Absolutely. Um, before we close, I, I just want to ask you about progress here at Southeastern, things that we're doing and steps that we're taking to. Um, to celebrate these wonderful changes that we see happening in our nation, uh, specifically here, uh, mm -hmm. just to give us kind of a progress update as to what's happening, the committee's work, and some of the things that we're doing. You know, I'm excited about the uh, committee. We, The progress of the committee, uh, that the way I look at it is that we have such a diverse group sitting at the table uh, now, almost uh, um, someone from every audience of, uh, of the university. And from those conversations, the safe space that we have in, all of that information can come in to the room. And when we leave out of the room, whatever action or strategy that we're gonna work on, um, it, 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 it's just better. Uh, we're still um, moving towards um, trainings and uh, developing those. They, it hasn't moved as fast as we want it to, but however, the first thing we said, well, we need to get it right, not to rush it. If it takes more time to do it, then we want to get those things uh, correct. I love that through those conversations, through our report out, even for you, Dr. Engel, uh, being invited to the room to share, to talk to the leadership team, um, and, and conversing back and forth between leadership and faculty and staff that sits on the committee who gets a chance to go out into our community and be those ambassadors who can say, no, I think you're misunderstanding uh, what this work is looking like. No, that's not what we're working on. And I think helping with that narrative that if it's if it's pro one way, it's got to be anti another. Mm. And I love that we are breaking down some of those communications and misunderstanding and that we're seeing more and more people who are engaging and wanting to be a part. And so I'm excited that we're going to continue to work on getting the um, training piece together that may not happen until until the the fall or maybe the towards the end of the of the spring but we want to get it right we have listened to faculty we have listened to staff they have given us great input and i think if we were to lunch when we said we were going to lunch we were going to miss the mark mm. um we were going to miss the mark so i'm really really excited about that and how that translate into better development of our students um better development of our community 
community, better cohesiveness of our of our community, and better unity for our community. It, it, we're inching. We're we're not taking big strides, but I will tell you what we were uh, back in March of last year is not who we are today. Yeah. And so uh, we we still have some work to do, but we have certainly um, made a pathway to move towards. Uh, yeah. And one of the things um, Sylvia has charged me with was um, really um, with mentoring and, and, and beginning a mentorship. Dr. Ian, I would tell you, um, it began with the basketball team, the coach and I, I put a really good relationship. And now the young men that, uh, that are on the team, I, I've reached out, I'm mentoring one. Also uh, bringing in a, a whole group of, of African-American um, young men, uh, young and older men who are out in the profession. Uh, some of you know, like Commissioner Walker and some of the others right. who are who said they'll come alongside of some of these young men um, to, to help groom them. So we have that. And I just spoke with the football team last week and um, again with mentoring and gave them some, some tools and, and other things. But the main thing I've done is with the football and basketball team is I gave them my personal number. And Dr. Ding, I can't tell you how many of these young men have reached out and just, just personally told me some stories and some things and I'm able to walk alongside of them and I'm only one but we are bringing over a team of, of professionals to walk mm -hmm. alongside we're talking about putting together I talk with coach and we're talking about putting together a, um, a workshop that, that'll be on the weekend and they'll go around through each one of the different stations and, and talk to these accountants and lawyers and doctors and, and, and the same professions that they are in here uh, especially for uh, it's going to be for everyone but especially for African American uh, young men because uh, um, it's important that they see people that look like them that are yes, in those positions, absolutely. and so that's why it's going to be so key. So those are some of the things we are uh, we're working. We're just excited, um, and you know, if you've probably seen the "Can You See Me" shirts that yes. the basketball team. Yes. Well, I, I told I I, I told Coach uh, from the basketball team. I called him. I said, "Hey, uh, football coach t uh, players want to know if they can have these shirts." I said, "Are they proprietary?" I said, I, "So they, they they're going to get together, and we're going to see about doing that." So oh, those are the things great. that we're doing. Wow. And I want to say, and things like that are going to start happening for the young ladies too. Uh, we just, again, we decided deliberately we were going to slow the pace. We're going to make sure we get it right. Uh, but, you know, it, it's exciting to hear from these students mm. and then also to know that this is also being driven by the data we look at. Who's leaving school? What's mm -hmm. the retention rate? What are those things? And so we wanted to go and get our most vulnerable uh, students and try to undergird them as quickly as possible. Um, because they're coming from these very diverse backgrounds that trying to navigate through this new culture. And this is going to lead to some changes that we're going to be doing and multicultural affairs and, and all of this. Now I feel like we have enough data and we have enough of the picture to start knowing how we need to pivot and what do that content need to look like and what do those conversations need to look like. And so we're doing it here. Uh, and, and I know Dr. Stevens has a lot on his plate, but, you know, he's also going to help navigate it when we get to the faculty and staff part. doesn't mean that we're always going to be the one uh, managing it because it's bigger than us. But we want to make sure that the people that we are talking to see their colleague uh, leading it and feel comfortable that they can go and relate and share and, and share those things with us. So I tell you, it's, it's, it, it's a lot of work. Um, 
Dr. Owens and I was just talking about is much bigger than what we had thought uh, that it was going to be, but it's the right thing that right, we need to right. be doing in order to really, really honor, as I've said to uh, Dr. Stevens, when a student come here, we make a promise to them. And we need to honor that promise, even when sometimes it's really hard to, to honor it. So where can we do some, make some changes? And so we're looking, and, and diversity and inclusion has allowed us to see some of that and to hear about some of that. But it's bigger than just the minority students. You know, I'm excited about other things that would happen that will, again, be inclusive mm -hmm. of the entire SEU community. Yeah. Because un unless we become one, you know, we're only strong as that weakest link. And Absolutely. so we're trying to strengthen up every link that's here. So at some point, everybody will we just see ourselves as one. Yeah, no, so good. So good. I appreciate both of you. Love, uh, love and, and grateful for you both immensely. Uh, grateful that God brought you to SE, both oh, of you, man. because uh, he knew we needed you <laughs> to lead us and guide us through this. And you are leading with excellence and you are leading in a way that will allow us to create lasting change yeah. um, and and that is so important and I can say this confidently our lives would be very different if it were not for the hard work and determination of of what you do and of what all black individuals that have led change throughout this country in significant ways uh, as we celebrate Black History Month let us continue to do what we're doing, um, engage in conversations for change in our nation. That is absolutely important. Uh, but so good to have you again uh, on the podcast. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. Always so rich. Always an honor to be it here. Truly is, Dr. England. Just really quick, I know I said this before. It takes a lot. You talk about Sylvia and I, but also God placing you here. It, it you know, one of the, the biggest challenges uh, when we talk about race, racism, we talk about African Americans, is it's having people. Uh, non-color to step up and and for you to step up and with with the courage and do the things because it you know I, I'm I'm not in your world but it, it can't be as easy as it looks and the backlash and the things that you get and maybe some of even the crazy looks that you get but you're standing strong and pushing us out and the change for Southeast and so you, you know you're you're a huge huge Absolutely. part of it. We, we're Absolutely. like so we say we're only strong as our weakest link and we're and and especially our leader and if it doesn't come down from the top. I, I know this after 20 years in the military. It doesn't come down and not support it from the top. It's going to fail. And, and so, Sylvia, we talk about it all the time. We truly, yes, we truly do. feel with you and Chris Owens that it is coming down heavily from the top being supported. So thank you for oh, that. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. So grateful for everybody who uh, is tuning in today. Uh, that's all we have for this episode. We hope to see you again next time on Framework Leadership. <laughs>